you only have until the end of June to get two months of premium access to the fastest growing training app in the world. The Motive app gives you a customized training plan no matter what race you have on your calendar. You can use code SMARTER2 when signing up at mymotive.com, but like I said, this offer is going soon, so take action now. On today's episode, learn to love the run you've got with Amanda Brooks. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, and smarter runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm the guy to reach out to when you've finally decided enough is enough with your persistent running injuries. I'm a physiotherapist, the owner of the Breakthrough Running Clinic, and your podcast host. I'm excited to bring you today's lesson and to add to your ever-growing running knowledge. Let's work together to overcome your running injuries, getting you to that starting line and finishing strong. So let's take it away. All right, if you haven't heard about the contest I'm organizing, you'll need to go back to last episode. Uh, I'm running a contest. If those who want to promote the podcast, which is kind of like the um, the general idea around this contest, uh, if there is an episode that you love, if you have a favorite episode, if you want to share um, an experience or what how the podcast has changed your running for the better, um, what you need to do is post a blog either on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere, screenshot it or tag me in it. Uh, that way I can track you down, write down your name, and then you go in the running to win this contest, which you gain access to the Run Smarter online course. You have unlimited access to it. Most members have the course for three months, and so you can go into modules such as high hamstring tendinopathy or Achilles plantar fasciitis and you can learn about the latest evidence and we delve into research and practical tips to overcome these injuries. If you're not injured, there's a lot of modules on increasing performance or decreasing your risk of injury or analyzing your running and just building on your knowledge and becoming a smarter runner. It's one thing in this podcast, I'm doing as much as I can through like pure audio, uh, but there are elements that I can't teach because I can't show you things. Uh, so the the benefit of the course is video format and a little bit longer format to, to delve into articles or delve into latest research and uh, just solidify a lot of your knowledge. So if that sounds appealing to you, I did, I did uh, mention on the podcast last time that it is universally known that podcast listeners don't really act on a call to action very often. And right now I've had four people enter this contest. So I will leave it open for a couple of days. This is going out on Friday and I will probably release my next episode Monday or Tuesday next week. So if you're listening to this over the weekend or a couple of days of it being published, you have a couple more days before I um, select a winner. I'll come up with a list of all the people who have entered and then just I'll find a random number generator and then use that to select someone. So I'll announce that winner in next episode. So if you haven't already, 
um, if you're not one of the four that have entered already. Um, yeah, it'd be great to um, help me, help the podcast. I'd love it heaps. And you're also sharing a great podcast to your audience and to other runners that follow you. And um, it's win-win and you get a, a free course, which is um, at the moment priced at $199. So it's great value. Today we have Amanda Brooks. I first found out about her on another running podcast um, and her talking about her book, Run to the Finish. I thought I would get her book first. Once I got the book and read it, we booked in a, a, an interview time and discussed the theme of learning to love the run you've got, which is extremely important. We do need to be kind to ourselves. Sometimes we are quite harsh and critical of ourselves as runners. And so we've done something a bit different, come up with a few different scenarios that we can delve into, um, which we'll discuss in a second. I love this style of interview. I just wrote down these scenarios. We went through it. It's a little bit more brief than the um, interviews I usually do. They usually go for about an hour, but this one just has no fluff. It's We, du- we jump straight into it and we jump straight into really high quality content and it stays at that high quality the entire time. So you're going to love this one. Amanda is uh, an amazing person, loves the sport of running. And so I'm excited to share her wisdom, her knowledge and her passion. So here is Amanda Brooks. The book actually arrived about two weeks ago and um, I've read through it and it's it's an amazing book for the, the type of audience that I have also because uh, they're also in search of answers. They're kind of the middle of the pack runners. And so I was excited to get you on. And the topic we're talking about today is learn to love the run you've got, which is kind of like one of the the chapters or one of the topics within your book and thought it'd be a great way to come on. So first of all, thanks for coming onto the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this. If there's uh, some listeners that aren't familiar with you, could you maybe start with a bit of a brief intro about your running career and what you're doing as an author and as a coach? Sure. So my name is Amanda Brooks and I started the website Run to the Finish way back in 2007. Um, And then around 2012, I really started to turn it into my full-time business and that's where my journalism degree kind of kicked in and I really started writing these super researched in-depth articles. Um, And that was fun for me. It is not fun for a lot of people, but I love doing the research. I love finding all of those things. Um, I started running myself in 2002. And so for me, it's been kind of a very long-term love affair, I guess you could say. And the more I learned, the more excited I got. And about 2012 is also when I started coaching runners. And I just wanted to continue being more knowledgeable and finding tools that would help people because the one thing I kept seeing is people picking up a, you know, a paper static plan and then realizing it didn't work for them at all. And like, why was that? So it's been really interesting to realize there are just so many different ways to get to the same end result. But a lot of it comes down to kind of the mindset and the tools and honestly enjoying our runs because (laughs) 
who wants to stick with this if we hate it? <laughs> exactly. Was there a certain topic or um, advice that you kept relaying to people once you were going in search for some of the answers? Was there anything that was quite striking, One, like something you found quite surprising or uh, some advice that you kept coming back to talking to runners? Yeah, I think there's probably three things I say all the time. One is stop skipping your warm up. I pretty much say that on a daily basis to people. Um, another was to stop being such a slave to our watch, or I'm sorry, I should say stop being so tied to our watch. Um, we think that pace kind of defines whether it was a good or a bad run. And then the other was just kind of getting past the mindset that running inherently has to hurt. <laughs> so it might be uncomfortable, but it doesn't actually need to hurt. Yeah. Fantastic. And so, um, evolving into like your coaching career, where are you sitting at the moment? Yes. Sorry. What's the question? Also, <laughs> uh, we're well, just delving into like your, we're still in your intro, I guess we could say. Um, so we're, okay. we're up to like the journalism and bringing out the book and stuff. And so what are you working on currently? Yes. So the big thing really um, over the last year was that I ended up releasing a book. So all those years of writing on the blog, I really took it kind of to the next level to go deeper. Um, so I have a book out for everyone. And then I've been working on opening up more of a group coaching program. So one of the things I consistently find is that people do have a ton of running questions and maybe they're not at a point where they need a custom training plan, but they just need access to coaches. And so now we have an online group um, where they can have access to myself and a couple other coaches to really get all their questions answered. Awesome. And I wanted to do something a little bit different with the, the topic today, because after reading your book, there's like you were discussing, it's kind of like learning how to love the running and it's great for the, the middle pack runners who can be like the realist it's it's kind of like as a runner it's not going to always be victories and highlights and it's when it's not we're kind of very harsh and critical of ourselves and so I thought I'd come up with three scenarios where I see a runner I see a recreational runner that um, hits this scenario and can be quite down on themselves so we're going to explore those three scenarios and how we can kind of reframe it or maybe some practical tips to pick ourselves up or self-reflect and the first one being um, if someone's maybe training or building up their mileage if they're having a particular training session that didn't go according to plan maybe not feeling a hundred percent maybe they're feeling too tired maybe they didn't uh, hit that uh, certain pace that they were after and so that can be a bit of a downer for someone so <clears throat> with that first scenario uh, what would be what could we do? What could we turn into good uh, with this scenario? So I actually think bad runs are one of our best tools and it doesn't mean that we have to enjoy them, but usually they are kind of there as a sign or to show us or teach us something. So great example, myself recently, I had a couple of weeks straight where my legs just felt so heavy and tired and it would be really easy to get frustrated but i've had this talk with myself about i embrace bad runs and so what it allowed me to do was then to kind of step back and say 
okay, what's happening here? Like, why, why are my legs feeling this way? Well, it's because I've added 40 miles a month for the last three months to my normal total. So my body is catching up to that. And a lot of times we're so focused on this week of running or today's run that we don't kind of look at that cumulative effect. Have I been eating enough? Have I been sleeping enough? Am I super stressed about life and work? Because your body feels that. So I think bad runs are actually the point where a lot of times in training, we allow ourselves to take a breath and say, gosh, I have been skipping my rest days, or maybe I haven't been foam rolling. Oh, I haven't been stretching. But when everything is just kind of clicking along, we don't always kind of stop and pause. So I just say when they happen, you know, instead of getting down about them, double down. So, okay, I had a bad run today. I'm going to look at why and I'm going to see what I can maybe do to turn things around. Or I'm going to recognize that right now my body is going to be tired for a few days because it's catching up from all the intensity that I've been giving it. Awesome. There's... <clears throat> There's something I like to do with all aspects of life and it's like self-reflection. It's just stepping away for a brief moment to explain how the Motive app can help achieve your best running results. It's obvious that in order to perform at your best, you need a tailored plan designed by the best coaches in the world that perfectly match your upcoming races, your fitness level and your precise goals. Well, the Motive app does exactly that. I've been getting some great feedback from you Run Smarter Scholars who have taken up this offer. So if you haven't done so already, you can use code SMARTER2 and get two months of premium access. But this offer won't last forever. So give it a try today by signing up at mymotive.com. Even just recording the podcast, after every podcast, I, I write down, okay, what went well? What didn't go so well? What did I learn? What can I do differently? It's those four like those points. And I feel like every run we can be doing the same or maybe once a week we can be doing the same as well as our good runs as well as our bad runs okay what went well what didn't go so well what what can i learn from this run and what can i do differently and you mentioned there'd be like a um a self-reflection point where you can almost go through like a mental checklist of making sure okay if i'm not feeling great if i didn't have a great run is it due to something is it due to stress is it due to diet is it due to some sleep recovery um something so we can learn. And I really love in the book how you said um, bad runs, we can use it as a tool to um, reflect and we can use it as a, a bit of guidance to help us learn. Um, so that's really cool. Are there, um, we did also mention in the book there, the thing called gratitude miles, which I think would be a really nice concept to introduce to someone who um, just starts out, uh, just starting their long run and isn't really feeling it, isn't really feeling great. Can you um, tell the audience what you mean by gratitude miles and how they can practically apply it? Yeah. So this is a tool that I started implementing myself um, years ago. And a lot of it comes down to there's so much science around how we feel and what we're thinking in our brain and how that translates to our body on the run. And so a lot of times what I would do just as like a continual part of my long run is I would do kind of my easy mild, kind of get things going and then mile two, shut off all the music, shut off everything else and 
really just start going through a gratitude list. And I mean, I would start small, especially on the days where like nothing felt right and it didn't feel like this was going to be a good run. I would be, thank you, right toe for pushing off the ground. Thank you, left calf for feeling good. And then you start rolling into the things that are in your life that you're thankful for and grateful for. And it really causes a shift in your body, in your brain. And, you know, you're standing a little taller. Maybe you're actually smiling now because you're thinking about those things. And it's kind of incredible. A lot of times that alone can help to turn a run around. So maybe it's still not your fastest, but suddenly you're just, you're enjoying it more. You're able to relax your body into the movement and even during a race sometimes when I'm like pushing all out, if I can feel everything getting really tense or you suddenly have that weird little pain that you've never had before, if I can redirect my brain into kind of that positive stream of thinking, it's just kind of a real easy tool that's always at your fingertips to help turn things around. Fantastic. And it's like there's always going to be some bad runs or tired runs. And what people don't realize is that practicing gratitude is just that it requires practice and you're not going to be great at it straight off the bat. And I have interviewed a lot of people in my previous podcast, which talk about the art of gratitude and I've tried it myself and I struggle with it when I first started off and um, you you illustrated it really well. Just, starting really, really small. A lot of people try and think of um, big things like family and um, friends and careers and all that kind of stuff. And they run out of things to be grateful for like very quickly, but really pay attention to the, the minute details and um, yeah, just, just practice, just think, just think, just think um, and start small and you can start having a real positive uh, shift and to um, find some benefits out of this run. And it might turn into feeling quite good about yourself. It might turn into a really good run and you experiencing something that um, you hadn't had before. Uh, it's very similar to, to mindfulness when you're running. It requires a lot of practice just to hone in and um, focus on the right things. Um, any other practical tips or um, self-reflections or anything we can take away from these bad runs before we move on to our second scenario? Yeah, I think the big thing is really kind of one, knowing that bad runs, like you said, happen to all of us. And so maybe not everyone posts on social media that they had a bad run, but it it literally happens to everyone. There's just a day where things don't come together. And so not letting that one run or even that week of feeling a little off make you think that your training has suddenly been derailed, I think is a really big one. Absolutely. Yep. Totally agree. Um, scenario number two, I think a lot of people can also, um, be empathetic towards, and that's being an injured runner and how we should, how can we maybe approach this and how can we maybe, um, shift our mental game towards this scenario? Yeah. So I think there's one of the funny things that I kind of like to remind people is that we have this idea that because we run we will automatically get injured, which is not really true. Like if we do some of the prehab and work on running form, like we can avoid injuries, but they will happen. Life happens. And so when they do, one of the first things I tell people is you are allowed to have whatever emotion you have. So 
be upset, be frustrated, like have all of it. And even though everyone around you is going to be telling you, oh, this is a blessing in disguise or you'll be fine. It's okay. Have your feelings. Um, and then create a plan. So have your feelings, but don't get stuck in them. Your next step is really to create a plan. So, okay, I'm injured, but what can I still do right now that's going to help me get back to running and to feel better when I start running again. So maybe all you can do for a little while is lift with your upper body and do core work, but that will benefit you. Maybe you can do more stretching or foam rolling. I think when we're injured, it's really easy to also kind of get out of our routine and out of our habits. So I really encourage people, if you always ran every day at 6 a.m., still get up and at 6 a.m., do your physical therapy, do your stretching, do your foam rolling, but keep that habit because then as you start to improve and you start to feel better, you don't also have to get yourself back into that. You've already still continued that piece of it and it makes the comeback so much easier. Yeah. And it's on a very similar light to um, the book Rebound, who I had the author on as well. And they were talking about rehab is now your sport. And um, you mentioned it in the book as well, which I absolutely love because it gives someone the plan. It gives someone um, the ability to stay focused and proceed forward. I think if um, if you mention, okay, we need to come up with a plan. I think step one of the plan, I want to hear your thoughts on this, would be to actually learn because we know that running uh most of the run the injuries that are out there are due to training errors and it's due to something some sort of overload or some sort something went wrong and there with that error comes self-reflection and learning and so i think step one of the plan would be like okay let me think back the last couple of weeks is there something that i have done wrong maybe i did something too much too soon maybe it was um potentially I'm not focusing on recovery as much, maybe I'm not sleeping as much or stress, nutrition, those sort of things. Um, And then coming up with uh, steps moving on from then, because you can take that as a learning experience. And if you have identified the training error, then we can apply that to um, your future plans and making sure that thing doesn't happen again. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's super smart. I also think this is the first time that a lot of people will actually go see a physical therapist. And that's where suddenly someone is looking at your movement and your form and saying, did you realize your glutes aren't firing? Or did you realize your right hip is so weak that every time you take a step, it dips down? And so knowing that you can use this time to really work on all of those areas so that when you come back, you're a stronger runner, I think is really powerful. Absolutely. Is there any other way we can potentially like reframe our rehab process to kind of be kind to ourselves or um, help that recovery process? Yeah. So I actually had knee surgery myself about two years ago um, and mine was due to a trampoline accident. So um, for me in the process of like coming back, I had to just remember like I cannot expect my body to be where it was or do exactly what it did. So instead 
I just celebrated each time I could do a little bit more. So literally for a couple of weeks, that was how far can I bend my leg? And then it was, I walked a mile in 25 minutes. So then it was, how can I make that faster? And then how can I go farther? And I think just allowing yourself to celebrate each little milestone to building back is so helpful because you're then you're not expecting yourself to just be where you were instantly. Cool. So the things I'm taking from that is one, make sure where with that plan, there's some small steps, some small goals to work towards, but also laying down or uh, realizing the expectations of things like healing timeframes and not expecting to, you know, run a marathon in a couple of months time. That's unrealistic. So making sure the expectations are laid down there. Is that right? Yes, that's so true. And not comparing your comeback or your recovery to other people. I think that's with injury or even a lot of my runners when I see them come back after a baby. And it's real easy to compare your process to someone else, but we're all so different. Our lives are so different. So just really focus on celebrating each win that you have. Yeah. And I think when it comes to expectations as well, realizing, particularly if it's a severe injury or if it's a chronic injury, that it's not going to be a linear recovery. You're not just going to, it's not going to be getting slightly better every single day. There might be some hiccups, there might be some setbacks, but we're still being proactive every step of the way. And there might be some countermeasures we might need to put in place if there is a flare up or if there is a minor setback, but making sure that we almost expect the unexpected when it comes to that. And if it doesn't happen, then that's just a bonus, but don't get yourself down. Um, and if there is a flower, realize, okay, this is a part of my plan. I do have some countermeasures in place in order to stay proactive during this flare up. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's true. We know in our running that there are highs and lows. So your recovery is going to kind of have those huh. two. And I think it's just like going back to the bad run. Okay, right now my body is trying to adapt to the fact that I'm asking it to get stronger again. So sometimes it's going to be easier and sometimes harder. Very true. Very good point. Is there anything else we need to touch on for the injured runner before we move on to our final scenario? I think the only other thing I would say is kind of back to that first statement of we don't have to get injured. So if you're willing to go see a physical therapist early in your running career, you'll be amazed at what they will tell you about your stride and your body and figuring out weaknesses so that you can maybe avoid any of the big issues. Yeah. I think when, um, when people are joining onto my Facebook group and there's a lot of um, people who are asking what they want to learn more about and it's injury prevention, injury prevention, injury prevention. This is like, it's <laughs> what every runner wants. And I think I'm on the same wavelength as you. You can't totally abolish injuries. It's you can't get that injury risk down to zero. You can definitely significantly reduce your risk of injury. If you have the smarts, if you have the intelligence, if you go see a physical therapist and you learn about your body and maybe some weak links here and there and learn about your training um, can definitely um, <clears throat> minimize that risk. But then if injuries do arise, uh, it is having the education and it is having the right guidance to make the, the action steps, proactive countermeasures like day dot, like day one, and that allows recovery so much easier. And it's, it's a lot tougher for someone to have an injury for three months and then seek advice 
compared to someone who has an injury for seven days and then seeks advice. Um, so we can't yeah, so totally ab- abolish those injuries, but we can be proactive to, to get back running as efficiently as we can. Yes. Great point. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Our final scenario would be the person who has underperformed on a race day, uh, say for a half marathon or a marathon or a fun run, whatnot. Usually someone might have, if they're a middle pack runner, their first run is usually just to complete it. Like I don't care what time I get, I just want to finish it. Or I just want to um, finish the race without any walks. But then when they have a second and third try, they want to beat a time. They want to get under a certain period of time. And so for those who have underperformed and um, fallen short of reaching that goal, um, what can we take away from this moment? Yeah, it's always a tough one because you've put in months of training and you have a goal and you're really excited about it. So when race day doesn't go as planned, really one of the first things I always kind of look at was, was it just one of those days? I mean, we all know from those months of training that for absolutely no apparent reason, sometimes you go out for your run and it's just it's almost like your legs and your brain are disconnected. Like the run, the run just doesn't feel right. And it just happens. There's not always a rhyme or a reason. So sometimes that's just what it is. And we have to sort of remember there are many races and one body. So take care of your body and you can try again. But after that, I start looking at were there things within my control and things outside of my control in terms of race day. So did it get way hotter than expected? We know that makes it a lot harder to run faster because our body is working so much harder. Was it windy or snowy or, you know, all those kind of elements that play into our race or were there things that maybe I didn't really do according to plan? So I told myself I was going to take water at every other aid station, but then it was packed. And so I just kept skipping them. And so I got really dehydrated and maybe that was the issue or it's the first time you traveled to a race. And so between the travel and the nerves, you didn't get a bunch of sleep for the previous two nights and you ended up touring the city and eating food that was way outside of normal. Um, So I think it's really, again, it's another chance to kind of say, I'm going to use this as a learning experience. And in fact, a lot of times when we have a bad race day and I'm working with one of my athletes, I'll say, great, that was just a practice. And suddenly the whole race feels different because you just called it a practice race. That, that wasn't my goal. That was just a practice race. So what do we do from practice? Practice is designed entirely for us to learn something. And so you can kind of go through all those questions and figure things out. And then you can sort of decide like, how hard did you end up going? And you might be able to give yourself a second shot within, you know, three or four weeks if it was a half marathon Or if you feel like, no, I really gave it all my energy and I need a little more recovery, maybe in a couple months. So you don't feel like your training was wasted because you can absolutely still take all that fitness, but now take a bunch of additional learning with you and give it a second shot. Cool. That's, there's a lot of things for me to unpack there. Um, (laughs) There's the first one being, yes, we need to, I think in all aspects of your running and even all aspects of your life, you need to kind of identify 
the controllable versus the uncontrollable, what, what I have within my control that I can manipulate and the things that are just out of my control. And like you said, sometimes on race day, it might be the weather and that's like, you know, we can't help that. Sometimes it could be snowy. Sometimes it could be really hot and that could definitely affect your performance. But then we have the, the things that within your control, like maybe if it's terrain and it's a little bit hilly and you didn't really train for hills, well, that could have been within our control. Um, things like hydration, things like nutrition. But you also touched on a really nice point. And in a previous podcast that I used to, ta- I used to take, um, I interviewed marathoners who have done tens, hundreds of marathons, and they they said the same thing. Sometimes you just have a good day. Sometimes things just fall into place that are pretty much out of your control. They can set everything up in the same routine. They eat the same foods to prepare. They do the same race preparations. And sometimes everything just clicks and sometimes it all falls apart and they, they can't really put their finger on it. And so learning from the best and learning from those experienced runners who have done that all and they keep saying the same thing, um, maybe it just wasn't your day. Maybe we can, um, maybe there wasn't something that you've done wrong. And so learning to accept that it's just the way it is, um, can sometimes help people feel a lot better. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that idea that it wasn't your fault, if you can kind of run through your checklist and be like, I really, I did everything I would normally do. It does. It just, happens and like you said it happens to the best of runners yeah and if it is your fault usually people know it usually people are like oh okay yes i did skip a lot of um aid stations yes i didn't drink the water that i was planning on doing because there was packed um aid stations and maybe yeah I, i probably shouldn't have eaten that food the night before something like that so um don't be too harsh on yourself. Really um, take it as a learning experience. And if someone is falling potentially short of their goal, is there anything we can focus on next time when it comes to goal setting? Yeah, I think one of the big things I see a lot is people really trying to make massive jumps between races. And that's where actually I'll look back at a lot of elites and point out to people you know, most of them were running for at least 10 years before they went out and had that race where now maybe you know their name. So running is kind of a long-term thing. There's a lot of buildup that needs to continually happen year after year. Um, And I think if you kind of reframe that even as like, cool, I can have lots of PRs rather than having one massive 30-minute jump, (laughs) Um, it's also just another way to approach things. And then, like you said, looking back at your training and knowing this was a hilly course and I pretty much ran on flat and maybe you don't have a lot of hills around you. I had that for a while in Florida. So I spent a lot of time running up and down over bridges to get in hills. So there's always a way to make it work. You just need to be kind of willing to get creative with your training. Yeah. Awesome. And I think it's also just realizing that there's always going to be another race. Like people get really, really caught up on training for a long period of time for one marathon. This is it. This is the moment. And uh, if it falls short, then they're really harsh on themselves. And so just realize maybe, maybe not focus on it just being the race, make it just focus on being a race. And there's always going to be another one for you to, to chase. And there's always going to be that goal. And I'd also possibly recommend that 
uh, coming up with several different objectives, maybe like a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. Um, that could be a B goal, C goal, and it could be, you know, a marathon under four hours as your A goal, a marathon over four hours or four between four and four ten, and then C just being okay. I'm going to have a great time and um, introduce myself to someone that I've never met before on the race or something like that, and just still have those goals in place and can still enjoy the moment. Yeah. That way, if the day isn't, you can usually when we're having one of those days where things are just off, we know it from very early in the race. So instead of being so frustrated the whole race, because you can already tell that a goal is gone. If you're able to still latch on to something else, you can still really enjoy the day and know you put in your effort and walk away feeling like I did what I could today. Yeah. That's such a good point. I really love that. And I I also like making that plan C like a something social or something that's like, because we're social creatures and we have a better day on race day. If we're high-fiving people, if we're talking to people, if we're, we're up and about socially rather than just having our own pity party and like just shuffling along, knowing that we're not going to reach our goal. So um, definitely recommend those. Okay. So to recap, we had scenario one being, if you're having these bad runs to make sure that we're practicing gratitude and we're self-reflecting and going through a checklist of, potentially why this is a bad run and then scenario two for the injured runner we're learning the process and we're coming up with a a proactive plan and small steps towards your progress and having the the mindset that like recovery rehab is now your sport then we had our third scenario if you're underperforming we had things like um, identifying things that are within and outside of our control uh, which i really really love as we're wrapping up now, are there any other tips for runners or ways that we can be kinder to ourselves in these scenarios? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I said earlier and I say a lot to people is to stop judging your run or your race by a pace that you hit. Um, it's, it's a number and it's a factual number that can tell us whether we were slower or faster, but it's not always the real gauge of the effort that you put in or how hard you've been training. And it's not even a measure of what kind of runner you are. So learning how to kind of run more by like, how much effort am I putting in or am I enjoying this? Am I having fun? Some of those things mean so much more than that number. And when we can let go of it, a lot of people end up actually having better runs and better races because they're less tense. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a good point. I think some people can be quite fixated on their pace especially when it comes to things like social media and putting on strava and looking at others and looking at what their their pace is and it can be um a way of like unconsciously fixating on that and learning to love it in other ways um can be a more joyful experience so your your book your book covers a lot more than what we've discussed today there's got like race preparations running programs strengthening exercises like things about goal setting and um how to continue loving this sport and loving this activity um so highly recommended run to the finish is the book um you also have run to the finish.com and i think it's pretty much run to the finish on all other socials like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, is there anywhere else 
uh, a listener might go to find out more about you? Um, I'm also on YouTube. So trying to do videos there to show things like foot strike or, you know, running drills and that kind of stuff. But yeah, run to the finish just about anywhere should take you to me. Yeah, it was very good. Um, <clears throat> I love that the whole like uniform one, one kind of um, handle is, is really nice. Um, That's the benefit to having started so very long. Yeah. Ago. <laughs> well done. Very well done. Um, okay. So uh, I want to thank you for coming on. This was a really nice topic and the bit being the run smarter podcast, it is around um, learning how to make smart decisions in their training and during races and while they're injured in order to, to bounce back a lot quicker and um, thrive as a runner. But it, there is one side just to being kinder to yourself and don't take yourself to don't judge yourself too critically. Don't, um, be harsh to yourself. And so this book and this topic really illustrates that nicely. It's just to be kind to yourself and to love, love the running. There might be some low moments. There might be some moody kind of patches. Um, and there might be dips in performance, but the, the topic itself, learning to love running is, um, can help a sustained, like positive running experience for your whole running career. So I want to thank you for publishing the book it's an amazing book and thanks for coming on to the podcast today thanks so much for having me thanks for listening to another episode of the running smarter podcast i hope you can see the impact this content will have on your future running if you want to continue expanding your knowledge please subscribe to the podcast and keep listening if you want to learn quicker jump into the facebook group titled become a smarter runner if you want tailored education and physio rehab you can personally work with me at breakthroughrunning.physio. Thank you so much once again. And remember, knowledge is power.